0: Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9. KDAL. It is 1011.
1: Monday morning, last day of July, 2023, Bruce Siski show on KDAL. Good to have you with us. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. We've got plenty of ground to cover in the next hour. Let's jump right in. Some breaking news out of the NHL, and that news was broken uh by our next guest. Joining us from TheAthletic.com, he covers the Minnesota Wild, the NHL. Joe Smith, good morning, sir.
2: Good morning. How's it going?
1: Not bad. How are you?
2: good good uh, a little busier monday morning than uh we thought but i guess when your arbitration case is in a few days that uh time is uh, of the essence
1: philip gustafson was set to go to an arbitration hearing with the minnesota wild on friday as they try to settle on a one or a two-year if they've gone to arbitration contract but joe you, uh you've usurped this arbitration hearing with the news this morning what do you know
2: uh well we know that he's Closing in, the probably announce it today. is a multi year extension uh, with the Wilds. Um, I can't officially release the terms yet, but uh, it could be more than the two year term that arbitration is because uh, if you agree to a, agree, a deal before arbitration, it could be any length of deal. Uh, they won't be going through this process next year, I can guarantee that. But obviously, good news for Gustafson and good news for uh, the Wilds, you got their number one goalie locked up for multiple
1: years this has been a process that that i think we you guys have covered really well at the athletic you and shana goldman did a piece here recently it's kind of breaking down you know not you know gustafson's worth as it as you look at the compare comparables the comps the true comps you know looking at this from that perspective what what did you see as as the the real comparables to philip gustafson and, and maybe the kind of deal we could be looking at here
2: well, I think we we felt that that always goes by the most recent ones that are better comps than other ones than previous contracts. So you saw Samson off with the um, lease sign for three point five five million dollars. Um I think Swayman's in arbitration right now. Um, and I think you're gonna see uh, Gus's a v in that you know mid threes inch little so range. So uh, once you get more guys that are, locked into similar age group and and performance level. Uh, but goalies is very few goalies go to arbitration. So there's not a lot of sample size there. That's why we wanted to break it down based upon uh, this year, recent years, um, and he's a unique case. He's only started what, forty games in the NHL, um, but it was a really special forty games and they're really important to the Minnesota Wild. So a lot of factors go into this negotiation.
1: Did it surprise you, kind of big picture, Joe? Did, did it surprise you to see these other two goaltenders, Ilya Samsonoff with the Maple Leafs and Jeremy Swayman with the Bruins, both go to a hearing? I mean, Philip Gustafson will have been the third goaltender to have an arbitration hearing in the same offseason, which seems kind of high.
2: It is high. I mean, you look at it, it's only been maybe one or two in the last five, six years, right? And so most arbitration cases are settled beforehand in every position, but the goalies especially. Um, but I think this is something that they thought I mean, I think the lead, the Wild probably wanted to avoid going in an arb hearing and seeing the two numbers that were way uh, far off from each other. And if they're, they they want to sign Gus, Gus wants to be in Minnesota. Um, so I think it avoids that kind of contentious arbitration hearing and gets them locked into a pretty good deal. And and they know who uh, after this year because Flurry will probably retire, they'll have him. And then uh, Jesper Walstad, their goal of the future, would be one heck of a tandem uh, going into the following year.
1: Joe Smith, the Athletic, our guest is the Wild. As Joe reporting this morning, in fact, about five minutes ago, Joe reporting 10 minutes ago, I guess, that uh, the Wild are closing in on a multi-year deal with Philip Gustafson that will avoid an arbitration hearing. You mentioned it. This guy's only started 40-whatever-it-is games in the NHL. He didn't have a great playoff series. It's not like this is a a no-risk deal for the Wild to give him multiple years, but that said, he did show us a lot in those games he started, didn't he?
2: He did. I mean, you look at that six, like 14-game uh, winning streak or point streak down the stretch. Like he was, he was huge for them. I mean, he a lot of one-goal games, a lot of close games, games where maybe they struggled to score, especially with out of the lineup. Um, you know, in game one of the uh, first-round series with the Stars, a double overtime, like single-handedly helping them win that game. Uh, 52 saves, franchise record. You know, he said he was pretty average, according to himself and the rest of the series, like the team. But you know, anytime you have a goalie that young, uh, capable of uh, being a number one, thinks he can be number one. But now he has the, the confidence from the organization, and he has a deal, and he can kind of go out there and uh, have that feeling of confidence, knowing that he can, he is the guy for at least for right now.
1: The other thing this does, Joe, and, and you mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury's got a year left on his deal, and we all kind of assume that this is going to be the end of the line for the Hall of Famer Marc-Andre Fleury. So those that's your tandem, that's your timeshare and goal for 2023-24 is Gustafson and Fleury, and that allows the Wild to keep Jesper Volstead in Iowa, playing games in the AHL and, and giving him a chance here to dominate in the AHL, something he didn't do a whole lot of last year. And that's a good thing as well because we've talked about this before, Joe. You can never over season a goaltender. The, the more development time they can get Volstead in the AHL, the better, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, he had a little up and down year last year, just learning how to play in North America. And uh, the talent, the mechanics, the, the Hockey IQ is all there. The whole package is there, and I think now you have in a situation where you have a goalie tandem set in the NHL this year, barring injury. He could be the number one in Iowa. Go so through some more growing pains, and then in theory, be part of a tandem 24, 25, with, potentially uh, still there um, to kind of help him, a fellow Swede, help him learn the ropes. So, uh, a nice situation for a future number one and. Heck, if Gus takes off and becomes a superstar, then you have another
0: conversation to
1: have. Uh, by the way, to give Wild fans some perspective on season and goaltenders, uh, Yaroslav Oskarov was taken in the top ten of the draft by the Nashville Predators a year before Volstead was taken by the Wild, has yet to make his NHL debut. So there you give these goaltenders as much time as you possibly can. So, Joe, as we look ahead here, uh, you know, we, we've we've seen a very boring wild offseason, but this is an expectedly boring offseason. There just wasn't a whole lot of room to, to maneuver for Bill Garen and Chris O'Hearn and his staff. Kalen Addison's the only unsigned player. With, with Gustafson now on the verge of having his contract finalized, Joe, Kalen Addison's got to be pretty close behind, right? This isn't going to take much longer, I would think.
2: I wouldn't think so there's not like a ton of cap space left and they get made in the qualifying offer which is around 800 grand, and maybe might be more than that but um, I'm pretty sure they'll be hammering that one out pretty soon and that's the last item of business for them they won't have many much cap space left they want to have some wiggle room to have call-ups during the regular season and and bank some accumulate some over the course of the year but this will be the last part of their off a very big part of their off season right now getting Gustafson done getting the number figured out and now you know what you can play with with and Addison, who they want to be part of this team going next year.
1: I'm just trying to do math in my head here. i, I got to figure that that once those two contracts are done, the Wild will be just under a million dollars of space. Does that mean that Chris O'Hearn, everywhere he travels, has to have a calculator strapped to his head so he's got it on hand at any time he needs it?
2: Yeah, he's a very smart dude, so <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't need a calculator in some respects. But uh, huh. obviously the Wild has done a great job in terms of predicting – uh and kind of estimating what they know they could spend on these particular players from Brandon Duhame to Philip and This was their off season, this was their big swing. So they got it done and were able to figure it out and so it'll be, and I'm sure for them they could probably
1: relax after this Addison deal is done. Is this was this the hard off season you think, Joe? In terms of of getting through these buyouts, I know next year's cap hit is the same as this year's cap hit, but we're expecting the cap to go up next year still. I think a little more than it did this year. So that one that would tell me that that we're getting through the really hard off season now. Would that be accurate?
2: Um, it's right up there. I mean, next year you potentially have Hardman, Felino, and Sugarello off the books, too. Though I think the Wild especially, I think, want to re sign Marcus Felino. And you can see with Brian Hardman, he's on a bargain deal right now, so we'll probably look at him as well. So they have some contracts off the books next year. Galagoski off the books as well. So um, might have some more room, and the capital will go up $5 million, estimated, which will be a nice sigh of relief for most NHL teams, including the Minnesota Wild.
1: And then, of course, July July 1st, 2025, when those cap hits are pretty much non-existent and in, in the Wild, they're going to have a lot more wiggle room. I know that's something Craig Leopold is targeting. I know something Bill Guerin is targeting. you got to get there, but the, you, they've got to be optimistic in the front office about the way that they've built up the prospect pool to help them get to that point on July 1st, 2025, when they're going to have a lot of money to play with.
2: No, absolutely, and, and obviously that's why they have to be smart, right? You can't just go out and spend everything and go crazy. But they can make some noise, and they can see. I mean, we don't know who will be actually a free agent then. I mean, Sidney Crosby will be going him, sign or Davaris. But let's not go crazy here. But um, it opens up the opportunities for trades, right? And uh, ability to take on some more money and some the bigger name guys up the middle, especially. So I think it's a lot of more flexibility for them to be creative, and uh, not be so up against the cap that they were this year. Uh, this
1: summertime. Uh, finishing up with Joe Smith of the Athletic again, reported this morning. Philip Gustafson on the verge of a multi-year deal that'll avoid a salary arbitration hearing that was set for Friday morning. That means that Kalen Addison's the one unsigned player. Uh, back to Addison real quick, Joe. What are realistic expectations do you think of Kalen Addison, who obviously has shown a lot of offensive ability, but he doesn't—he he hasn't looked great defensively. He appears to, uh, like the same size as Jared Spurgeon. Can you really have two guys of that size and stature? in the lineup at the same time in the NHL. It seems like these are all valid questions for Kalen Addison.
2: Well, they're definitely valid questions, and they're ones that he can probably answer himself going into the season. The good part is he's been working out with the guys this summer uh, in Minnesota. Um, you know, we saw at the beginning of last year, talk about having him in the colder race with all his points and the power play, and they do need somebody to run that power play unit. Uh, he was the best one, arguably, last year doing it. So uh, if he can work on the other part of his game, um, being more physical and being more uh, responsible defensively, which is obviously the number one thing any defenseman in National Hockey League. I think they they can he can play a regular role with the Wild. They need him to, quite frankly, on the right side. So keep in mind, defense is the hardest position to learn and develop in in the National Hockey League. You've know, all over the place with elite defenseman. So maybe give him a little more time, and if he can kind of prove it this year um, and learn from what the coaches told him. He could be uh, a very value uh, bargain there under a million dollars potentially for a, a third pairing right side defense power play quarterback.
1: How has your first full summer as a Minnesota resident been going?
2: I love it. I know why uh, people talk about it all the time about being a beautiful summertime and all the golf and the lakes and we have some cabin trips coming up next month so um, obviously very excited to spend it, and it makes the winners a little more bearable, knowing you have this on the other side of it.
1: How far are we away from the definitive Juicy Lucy ranking at the TheAthletic.com?
2: <laughs> I need a few more before I get an official power ranking, maybe do multiple sittings at different places. i got to <laughs> uh, get the exercise in after those, after those sittings, though. Um, but yeah, there's uh, like yesterday at Nook, was probably the best one so far, and so we'll we'll keep that running tally the end of the summer. Maybe the fall we'll have a full power rankings going on
1: when you do that ranking joe don't forget that there are some restaurants up the freeway here this this direction that have the juicy lucy's as well i'm just saying
2: yeah shoot me a dm so i can know which one to go and we're taking the our uh, family up to the upper peninsula of michigan to uh, traverse city next year this summer so we're going to drive through and go up to like hoden area and that porcupine Mountains like that so Maybe on the way, we'll hit up
1: Duluth and hit up some good spots there. I love Houghton, by the way. It's one of my favorite spots of the old college hockey circuit. Joe, great work as always. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it this morning. Thank you. Take care. All right, you too. Joe Smith, The Athletic, theathletic.com. Again, the breaking story from Joe this morning. Actually, not a story, just a uh, – do we still call them tweets, by the way? With this dumb X thing that Elon is doing now? I – I don't understand what he's doing. It doesn't make any sense to me. He took, he took something that wasn't broken. He continues to break it every day. Anyway, whatever you call him now on the X app or whatever, Joe Smith reported this morning that the Wilder on the verge of a multi-year deal with Philip Gustafson. And yeah, he wouldn't tell us the term, but you can bet your bottom dollar it's probably more than two years. And I my guess is it's going to be three times 3.5 to 3.75, somewhere in there. That would be my guess. For Gustafson extension here, this is great news. I, I don't, you know, I I'm not a fan as, as as a guy who's covered sports for a long time. It just it's never fun to read about the arbitration hearings because it, all of that is is it, it's an invitation for unnecessary acrimony. Look up if if you don't believe me, look up what happened with Corbin Burns and the Brewers over this past off when they went to an arb hearing. And they ended up fighting over a couple hundred thousand dollars on a one year deal. It's not worth it. In most cases, it's not worth it. Because, you know, you could like in, in the case of Samsonoff in, in Toronto, we could have figured out on our own what that number was gonna be. And instead, they go to an ARB hearing and the Maple Leafs are in a position where their representation has to rip their own player. And talk about the reason Ilya Samsonov doesn't deserve the four and a half million dollars he was asking for. In the wild, they're in the same position going into Friday, where they potentially have to explain to an arbitrator why their player doesn't deserve the money that he's asking for. And I just don't. I I just. It's not good when that happens. It's not ever a good thing. I'm glad they avoided it. We'll find out what the number is later today, but again, my guess is three times three five to three seven five, somewhere in there. Hopefully, on the lower end, because it gives Chris O'Hearn a little more money to work with during the season, and there won't be the the constant shuttling back and forth between the Wild and the Iowa Wild. Otherwise, when there's home stands this year, the Wild will be sending guys down to Iowa constantly. Because they're going to want to save that day. Because in the NHL, the salary cap is accrued every single day. So it's $83.5 million, whatever it is. Well, it's $83.5 million divided by the number of days in the season. And every day the cap is calculated. And if you have $15,000 a cap room every day for the length of the season, which is 180 days... Just to give you an example, that means you have $2.7 million of cap space that you've accrued by the end of the season, which means you probably have in the area of $2 million you accrue by the trade deadline, which is significant because then you can acquire a player that makes that much money on his, his annual term. I hope that made sense, but that's how the NHL works, so... Every day that cap is calculated, every day that the Wild don't have players that are healthy scratches on the roster and instead those players are on the Iowa roster, they save themselves cap room by doing that. That's why you're likely still to see every once in a while at the minimum some shuffling between the NHL and the AHL. Guys like Vinny Letary, maybe even Kalen Addison if he clears waivers could find themselves going back and forth quite a bit in 2023-24. 10.28, more to come. Bruce Siski show Monday morning edition on KDAL.
0: KDAL, at your fingertips. I'll tell you, these guys have a wonderful stream. Download the free KDAL mobile app. 10.32,
1: it's a Monday morning. Hazy sunshine outside. Always a nice day in store. Looking forward to getting out there. Hopefully you can as well. More to come on a Monday edition, including the Vikings and Daniil Hunter reaching a compromise. That's after CBS News at 1033 on KDAL. The
0: Bruce Siski Show.
2: I enjoy having breakfast in bed. I like waking up to the smell of bacon, sue me. And since I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So
1: most nights before I go to bed, I will lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the grill. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. On
0: 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL.
1: 10.38, Monday morning. Great to have you along. Thanks to Joe Smith of The Athletic for dropping in for a few minutes on what is going to be a busy day for him. Breaking the news again. Philip Gustafson, multi-year deal with the Wild. Still awaiting the official announcement from the Wild, but uh, we are guessing it's going to be a three-year deal for Gustafson, and we'll see how that uh, term ends up uh, playing out here later on today. Meanwhile, big news yesterday with the Minnesota Vikings. See, I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna avoid ranting about the Twins this morning. We're gonna do it tomorrow. Uh, is we'll talk about the Vikings instead because it's big news announced yesterday. Daniil Hunter is back in the fold officially on a one-year deal. So we've had a couple of different conversations about Hunter Chris Long uh, from KSTP. We talked to him on Friday, kind of got his feel of the whole thing after a couple of days at camp. But a couple of weeks ago before camp, we visited with Matthew Caller, a Purple Insider, and I asked Matthew his thoughts on how this is going to play out. This is still, even after it's been done, still valid to hear just a, kind of a different breakdown Uh, Of this hunter situation, taking all the potential options into consideration. We'll give this a listen first, and then I've got some thoughts on the back end. Yeah,
3: usually uh, when people ask me about that, I just kind of made noises. I just like, ah, you know, I (laughs) I don't really know. I mean, I I don't know what happens because both sides of that argument are really uh, compelling. Um, There's a great argument for saying, look, you've know, you probably gotten the best years of Daniel Hunter's career out of him, and now you're going to make him way more expensive. That's pretty dangerous. And, oh, by the way, you might need some draft capital, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, for trading up next year in the draft, potentially, right? So trading him could be pretty helpful. At the same time, your defense is horrible. I mean, it's just like completely lacking in any sort of pass rush you've lost the Darius Smith. Galvin Tomlinson is gone. Eric Hendricks is gone. I mean, the roster is really thin, but it's even thin as of right now for future parts. So you don't have another pass rusher on the way where you're saying, oh, well, we'll just turn the job over to Tommy. Well, they don't have Tommy. So it's like, do they want, you know, Daniil Hunter to lock that position in so at least you have one elite pass rusher to build the rest of the defense around um, I, I think there's arguments for both cases. And, and you know, I think this is going to be a hard one for Kwesi Doppelmento because he is, I, at, at times, I think, hurt himself by being very, like, strong on this is, like, how, uh, you know, how I'm going to go about this, this is what I'm going to ask for, this is what I'm going to do, sort of like you know predetermined trading down in the draft in 2022 or you know, waiting and waiting and waiting to see if someone would trade for Delvin Cook and then having to cut him. When they probably could have just cut him from the outset of, of camp, and then you know use the money for other things. So uh, I think this is a really really tough decision, and I've I've got it like fifty five forty five that Daniel Hunter stays, but I'm really not sure.
1: And he ends up staying on this one year deal, and and it, so I feel like first off the 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 facts of the matter: one year seventeen million dollars guaranteed, up to three million of incentives. He'll be a free agent after 2023. So this is it for Hunter on this this deal that has been redone a couple of times since it was first signed in 2018. There is a no-trade clause in this contract. So the Vikings can't trade him without his approval. And there's also a no-tag clause on this contract. And what that means is the Vikings cannot use the franchise tag on Hunter when the season ends and he becomes a free agent. Now, obviously, you can negotiate an extension basically any point here, right? They can get this done if they want to. But the fact that he didn't just extend the existing deal or redo the existing deal multi-year tells me that there was not interest in doing that from either side, one or the other, or both, potentially, right? So that, there's that. The other part of this is, that, that's interesting to me is this is a hell of a bet by both sides. The Vikings are betting that they can get a big year out of Daniil Hunter now, and we'll worry about the rest of it later. We don't care about that. If he leaves, we'll get a compensatory pick, likely a third-rounder, fine. The, but the Neil Hunter is betting... That he can have that big year and that he can cash in and get the multi-year deal that he wants in free agency, whether it be with the Vikings or somebody else, and that his injury history doesn't come back to bite him this year. As Matthew mentioned, the, the odds are at least decent here that the Vikings have already gotten the best that they're going to get out of Daniel Hunter. That's just that. Unfortunately, with the way the NFL works, that's the reality. Doesn't mean it's true. There's a lot of guys, you know, Von Miller's defied it. But there's a lot more guys that don't than do. So the bet is really significant here from both sides on a one-year deal. It's, It's going to be interesting, fun to follow this. What kind of year can he have in a new defense where right now, He is the proven pass rush threat. The days of Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks at linebacker and and that double-A gap defense with Harrison Smith. Yes, Harrison Smith's still on the football team. He's not the player he once was. So the days of of having the blitz threats from all over the field and then Hunter is getting all these one-on-one situations or getting blocked by tight ends. Well, guess what? Daniel Hunter's going to have to prove it this year. He's going to have to prove it facing a lot of, of elite blockers and occasionally double teams. A lot of chips and a lot of double teams. That That's just what he's going to face. Now, you can say he's done that a lot already, and he has, but it's been different because those other teams had legitimate threats all over the field. Last year they had Zadarius Smith, who in the first half of the year was a beast. He was getting getting defensive player of the year run until he tailed off in the second half of the season and ended up getting moved to Cleveland basically because the Vikings didn't want him around anymore. You know, there's always been other guys. I mentioned Kendricks and Barr and Harrison Smith. I think with the days of Xavier Rhodes on the occasional corner blitz, there was always other guys. Meet the quarterback, that whole bit. Now, it's Daniel Hunter. They hope a resurrected Marcus Davenport. They gave him a one-year deal and a bunch of guys. Just a bunch of guys that nobody's familiar with. And maybe Brian Flores finds a way to get these guys to stick out. But that is absolutely the challenge for Brian Flores and the Vikings is finding a way... For Daniil Hunter to get one-on-one blocking attention, because it's—I'm guessing he's going to see a lot of chips and a lot of double teams, until the Vikings find other guys that can prove themselves capable of getting to the quarterback on a consistent basis, and and deserving of that kind of attention that they were get other players are getting. So Daniel Hunter could do what he did in his first years in the NFL. Uh, I'm fascinated by this. The Vikings were 27th. In points allowed last year they will be better this year how much better will they be is the question because if they're going to make a run it's got to be significant uh both uh teams are practicing today the packers are putting on the pads for the first time today I'm sure we'll get some headlines coming out of that. Seems like those first padded practices always something gets a little heated along the way, so we'll keep track of that, talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, by the way, on the show tomorrow, former UMD men's hockey two-year captain, now a member of the NHL's Philadelphia Flyers, Noah Cates, on the radio show with us tomorrow. Uh, later on this week, Brandon Warren from Access Twins. We'll uh, wait for him till after the trade deadline tomorrow. We'll see if there's any other moves cooking for the Twins. Yeah, it, it, I don't know what to – I I already said what I said this morning. I, I don't – I'm at a point where whether it's Joey Gallo for the Twins, Colin Ray for the Brewers, I don't need to see this anymore. I think I've seen enough of each of those movies that I'm good. Joey Gallo's up in the ninth inning yesterday, two out as a pinch hitter. Twins are down 2-1. He he represents at the plate the go-ahead run, and he's got he gets himself into a good situation. Does Joey Gallo in that ninth inning at bat because he works the count to three-one. He's facing Carlos Hernandez, who is a strikeout pitcher who throws a lot of fastballs. In fact, he threw six pitches to Gallo, and five of them were four-seam fastballs. And Gallo stood and looked at strike two on a 3-1 pitch that was right in his wheelhouse. Now, I understand there's a lot going through a hitter's mind when he's up there. And Carlos Hernandez is throwing 100. 100. Well, okay, fine, 99.7, but the first pitch was 101.1. Even at 99.7, you don't have a lot of time to make up your mind. But this is a fastball pitcher who has struggled to control his secondary stuff. You know he's throwing you a fastball. It's in your wheelhouse. How do you stand and look at it, 3-1? Like, what? what were you expecting there? He has to throw you a strike. You can't keep putting people on base when you've already got the tying run on. Granted, first base, but the tying run's on. You're not putting that guy in scoring position. You're throwing a strike. You're probably throwing a fastball, and Gallo wasn't ready for it, and to me, there's no excuse. I'm sorry. There's just not an excuse anymore. He's been in the major leagues long enough, he knows. That's got to be a fastball, probably 99 times out of 100, and he has to be ready for it, and he wasn't. And I'm I'm done calling for guys to get released or whatever, but I'm going to point out what I said going into the All-Star break, which was they know what they have, they know what they have is not good enough, and they continue to stand pat and expect some sort of magic you know, formula to take over some some potion or something to get these guys performing at the level that they were brought in to perform at. It isn't happening, it hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen. And the longer they stand pat, the longer that they insult their fans, the more visceral the reaction's going to be when this season crashes to a halt Prematurely, when you could look at how good the twins pitching is, this is a team that should be built for a run in October. But this team is not looking like one that will go on a run. 1050
0: at KDAL. Your Twin port's home for UMD Bulldog Football. Yes, for the touchdown for UMD KDAL.
1: And the next time we have a 31st of the month. of oh, Bulldog Football. August 31st, a month from today. If you look at the calendar, I guess. UMD and Northern Michigan, Thursday night, August 31st, from Miloski Stadium here on KDAL. Uh, that, they start fall practice next week. We'll talk about that then. Tomorrow, former UMV men's hockey two-year captain Noah Cates, now in the NHL with the Philadelphia Flyers. He joins us tomorrow. Brad and Kenny in next after the news. Have a
0: great Monday. Thanks for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No. Yes. No. Well.